1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders.
2: Welcome back in to hour number two of the insiders, brought to you by Jiffy Lube. I am James Ham. Joining me, Jesse Tapia filling in for the great Kyle Madsen. Jesse, we got this this weird bit of information. But this is why I, I love I love free agency and trade deadline postmortems. We always find out after the fact that more was going on than everyone. Yeah, thought.
3: what really went down?
2: What? Yeah, the the four one one, and I've said this a million times. My favorite post mortem writer in the NBA is is always Sam. It's Sam Amick from the Athletic. Uh, he's a friend, but more than that, he gets the like the the two dudes were walking down the street having you know sipping on Starbucks and looked at each other and said, I don't think we should do this anymore, and we should, uh, you should probably trade me. Like, he has all these, like, little weird insights. Yeah, the conversation, yeah. Yeah, the conversations and how it went down. Um, Josh Robbins from The Athletic, who covers the Washington uh, Wizards and who's a long time covering the Orlando Magic for the Orlando Sentinel and used to be the president of the Pro Basketball Writers Association. Josh is a good dude. Um, He came out with a story, and uh, he breaks down the Kyle Kuzma thing. Kyle Kuzma according to Kyle Kuzma, who basically told this story, um, they came to him and said, hey, we've got a deal with Dallas. Would you like to go to Dallas? Or would you like to stick around? But this is kind of what we're thinking. These are the parameters. Again, Dallas and Washington go on to consummate a deal for Daniel Gafford after this conversation. So I'm going to guess that Grant Williams... Uh, before they go get P.J. Washington, Grant Williams is involved and and probably Seth Curry and probably a second first round draft Yeah, fight. probably so. So you're probably looking at two first round draft picks plus Grant Williams plus, uh, you know, whatever. So this is the package that's probably going to Washington, probably for Daniel Gafford and Kyle Kuzma. Well, Kyle Kuzma tells the, the Wizards, no, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I would rather see it through here. And, you know, I think we're building something, and and I want to stick around. Your Je- thoughts, James? Jesse, what does that tell you about Kyle Kuzma?
3: He, What it tells me, because the fact that he says he wants to build something there and he wants to see it through and all that, I think, I think it means he's not self-aware um, when it comes to himself as a player. I don't think it means, like, oh, he's just... He's not, um, he doesn't want to win or anything like that. I think Kyle Kuzma in his brain thinks, I can take a team to the playoffs. I can lead a team. Just get some guys around me or whatever. I just need some solid players and we can do this. We can do this. I can lead us to the promised land. When in reality, someone needs to sit next to Kyle and tell him, hey, brother, you're not that guy. You're probably third, you're third option. Um, and that's not a bad thing on an NBA team or whatever. Like, that's probably your role. But I think a matter of Kyle Kuzma just not being aware of who he is as a player I think
2: okay so like I I know like Damian gets on me for this because you know Kyle Kuzma is a fashionista right like he he shows up wearing some of the most ridiculous things that anyone's ever put on there you know he literally thinks he's on a runway and he's going to a game for the Washington Wizards who are 9 and 44 mind you this isn't like he's going to Yeah, they're not they're not fighting for a playing spot or anything. They're not that. Yeah, this is not uh, Fashion Week in New York City. It's not uh, Fashion Week in Paris. He's literally going to play for a team that has a win percentage of 0. .170. A one hundred seventy win percentage. So like he, again, he Damien doesn't like when I bring up the fact that, you know, like let the guy worry what what he wears, right? That's fine. And I agree. Like, I don't care what he wears. Like, I, I mess with, uh, like, Kevin Herter in, in the locker room because Kevin Herter wears, like, he has a, a pink bubblegum, uh, like, sweater. Yeah. Like, it's super pink. And can't I, miss him. It, well, and I told Kevin, I'm like, bro, like, ginger to ginger. Like, we can't wear that. Like, and he laughs. Just helping a guy out, yeah. I'm like, look, man, like, our complexion, that doesn't work. It makes you look, like, all pink and weird, like it, it it makes you look blotchy and like that's what that color looks like on us. So I almost feel like like Kyle Kuzma shows up wearing the the sweater that's like a foot and a half too long. Well, it's more than that, right? It was more like 3 feet longer than his arms. You know, like his sweater dragged down to the ground. That's him as a player. Like there is no there is no one there telling him that, like, the emperor has no clothes. Like, that's, it, it, it just, it's, he's so into, like, that, that he, he, no one, he's not able to see that he plays for one of the worst teams in basketball, and he's part of the reason that they're bad, and you have options to go other places and be better. And I'm not saying you have to go somewhere else and don't dress that way. What I'm saying is that, like, what you said, his idea of who he is and who he is actually is, is very different. Very, very, very different. That, that's fair. Because I, I don't want to say
3: Kyle Kuzma is not like. I don't want to say Kyle Kuzma is not like about winning. I just think he's very distorted in his thinking. Because like he he was with that Lakers team beginning or whatever, and he was putting up points, but he did have to take a backseat when Bron and the, um, AD got there, of course, who wouldn't. But like he did take a backseat and he did play his role. And I don't think there was ever an issue there while he was doing that, like from Kyle Kuzma. He did play his role on that team and did well. So I do give him credit for that. But like you said, it's just a matter of that he's just not self aware.
2: There's you're not no you're self-aware. not that you're not that guy. There's no self awareness at all in any anything regarding Kyle Kuzma. And I think that's my point. Again, it's not to make in fun of how he dresses. No, yeah, like, yeah, I get what you're saying. I'm much more concerned the fact that he chooses to stay with a nine one team than anything else. Like you got an opportunity to go play with Luca and and Kyrie Irving. And and you yeah, say that's tough to pass out. And you say no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. I would much, much rather see who we get in the lottery this year.
3: Maybe the Wizards GM tell telling like, bro, like, I'm sorry, Kyle, but if we get those players, like you're not the one who's gonna lead this team. But like, you gotta have the tough the tough conversation
2: with them. But I, also I, that contract is tradable, so you just try it again next year. I guess. Or maybe you don't. Or, or because if he's just content to be there and just score 20 on a, it's not like that's going to matter at the end of the day. I mean,
3: because Kyle, Kyle Kuzma has to know, like, there's no period of time or whatever where like the Wizards are going to the playoffs with Kyle Kuzma, like leading the way. Like within the next three years, we'll call it that. Maybe he does get lucky and they draft whoever and they just hit on all these picks. But that's not going to happen for another four years, probably. You know how old he is in four years? I'm assuming 30, 31, 32. Above 30, 30, yeah, 32. He,
2: he's 28 right now. So yeah, he's just going to waste his prime. Like and that's another thing. Like you're a 28-year-old dude. You're just going to blow blow out your prime and and, and just like playing for a bad like, okay.
3: You wonder how much of him getting a ring early on in his career had an effect on like his moves
2: the I, rest of it. I guess. Yeah. I, I mean again, once again, I, I think that that puts Kyle Kuzma in that I would never trade for him. Let's get to this really quick. Uh Tim Bontemps for ESPN. He runs a uh a ladder for for mvp and I, I like the way he does this because I'll, I'll be honest people out there i uh tim i've known tim for a long time like i'm part of his straw poll right so what he does is he reaches out and says hey uh i'm doing a straw poll again uh hit me with your five right and so everybody sends in their five and as of right now um so bonus is nowhere near the top five um which, you know, again, we can look at MVP uh, ladder for ESPN He's like number seven. But as of right now, um, he has not Tim, but which is why I like this because it's not one guy's opinion. It's a bunch of people aggregated. So Jokic, SGA, Giannis, Luka, Kawhi, Tatum, Brunson, Mitchell, Anthony Edwards, Kevin Durant, and then tied for 11 is Sabonis and Halliburton which I think is... is Tied con- together forever. 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 And, and so here's how it works. He only asks for five. He doesn't want any more than five. You can't send him more than five because I've tried. He goes, nope, you got to send me... Like, I'm not taking your slash... Uh, your We're not Fox, doing no 5A, five 5B five here. Yeah, your, like s- your Fox slash uh, slash SGA at number five. Yeah, none uh, of that tomfoolery. Yeah, so this is just as many people as he can get in the industry... And then he just he aggregates the the number and puts it together, and for me, I, I sent him um, Jokic, SGA, Kawhi, Tatum, um, Mitchell. That's the group that I sent him, which isn't that far off of his of his top five. Um, but I, I think it's a good way to do things. Um, and, yeah, and yeah. I mean, it's fair. So I think like, it
3: gives you um a, like a good idea of where it's leaning towards too for um, how it's actually gonna end up.
2: Yeah, and I, I just think like if you understand the process that goes into it, like you shouldn't be angry with Tim Bontemps. You should be angry with all of the writers in base in, in basketball because that's how this is done. And the fact that I can't put in who my sixth or seventh guy is because I would probably have Sabonis at number seven, Giannis, and then uh, at number six, and then uh, Sabonis at number seven. But he doesn't ask for that. He just wants your top five, and then he he builds his thing through that. So I think it's a fair way to do it, and I, I also think it's good food for thought for right now. So we're going to step aside. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more Sacramento Kings. We're going to dive uh, into what's next after the break. So thanks for tuning in to The Insiders here on ESPN 1320. I'm James Ham. He's Jesse Tapia, brought to you by Jiffy Lube. We'll see you in just a minute. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews
1: or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
0: Now, back to the Insiders, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN
2: 1320. Welcome back into the Insiders. I'm James Ham. Joining me, Jesse Tapia. We're taking a look at this uh, this Sacramento Kings-Phoenix Suns game that's going to go on tonight at uh, 7 p.m. on TNT. It's a big-time game for the Sacramento Kings. Only two games left before the NBA takes a break for the All-Star game, which uh, the Kings play, again, they play tonight against the Phoenix Suns and to back tomorrow in Denver against the Nuggets. So it should be kind of a crazy couple of days for the Kings. Um, But... This is the league, and uh, we got news this morning that the Kings' injury report is is not good. Uh, we've got Chris Duarte, who is questionable with a right ankle sprain. Duarte has been out for a while with a right ankle sprain. Um, it's been what a, a week. He came in the locker room on crutches one game. I, I've heard that he's looked much better. He's been he's got a little spring in his step, Jesse, and that he was seen like jogging and that he's moving around pretty good. Uh, and that was, like, even last uh, late last week. So there's good signs there. But the Sasha Vazenkov news is not good at all. We have uh, now learned through the Kings that Sasha has a grade 3 right ankle sprain, which they're going to reevaluate in four to six weeks. But a grade 3 right ankle sprain is usually a very long-term injury, a, like, 8 to 12-week injury at a minimum.
3: You, you said it's is. Bad as it gets pretty much right because you get the tear too I think
2: yeah, it's a tear. Uh, so a grade two is well a grade one is that you basically you stretch the tendon the the, the ligament in the ankle. a grade two is that you had a slight tear in, in the the ligament and a grade three is that you rip the ligament and now it has to re attach itself and then grow back together and heal up and basically scar tissue and everything else. Does not sound nice. No, no, it's not. So you don't need surgery. And this isn't like the high ankle sprain is different than a low ankle sprain, which is what it appears that he has. But we had this with De'Aaron Fox a couple of years ago early in the season. I think it was right before game 10 and like the 2018 season. No, 2019 or 20 season. There we go. Um, And he was back in like miraculous time. Like that's where we get this Fox is a quick healer because it took him seven weeks to get back and he missed 20 games. That's what we're talking about with Sasha. Like Sasha's season could be over. I'm not saying that it is, but the fact that we're in mid February. Oh
3: yeah. Even if he does come back, like you're going to, we're going to be near the end of
2: the season already. When he gets back here, we're going to throw him back into the rotation. No. E- exactly. Exactly. So this is uh this is a bad injury for Sasha. And, he he injured himself at practice on Saturday, so this is one of those things that happens. Um, you know, you never know when something like this will happen, where you roll an ankle uh, again with Fox. That day when he had a grade three, we walked in to the practice facility for practice, and the Kings had a game the next day, and Fox was literally just standing up and like like walking on it and kind of hopping to the back room. He had just rolled it. Like right at the end of practice, doing not even anything major, and it didn't look that bad, but it turned out to be pretty catastrophic. So, um, not friend's not fun. Yeah, not not a good thing at all. So I, I would assume he's going to be in a boot for a while, and we'll see how long it takes him to get back. Uh, so we have uh, Duarte's out. Uh, we also have three players that are away from the team: Jordan Ford, Mason Jones, and Jalen Slauson, that are all on two-way contracts. Uh, Mason Jones, of course, is the added body that um, that that replaced Keon Ellis as a two-way when the Kings decided to bump uh, Keon Ellis onto the main roster. Jalen Slauson's played really well as of late in uh, Stockton. He had that crazy dunk the other day that everyone was going nuts about. Um, but I, I don't know. He's still going to be a little, wi- uh, a little bit of a ways away. Um, As for the the Phoenix Suns, they do actually have a couple of small injuries, but nothing uh, major. Bradley Bill is available with a nasal fracture, and Damian Lee is out with uh, right meniscus surgery. So um, that is your injury report for the Phoenix Suns-Sacramento Kings game this evening. Let's get into some keys to the game, huh? Let's do it. First one for you, James. Go. Adjust when the, the Suns go small. I think this was the biggest thing that the Kings struggled with last time. The Kings built a big lead against the Phoenix Suns. And they're up 22 in the fourth quarter. And then Phoenix went small with Kevin Durant playing the center position. And the Kings didn't adjust. Uh, Sabonis kept dropping into the post, waiting for someone to come for him to defend. And they never did. And they just kept launching from three. And he wasn't getting out to the three-point line. And the Kings had no shot. That game is forever going to irk me. That's going to
3: be probably the most frustrating game I've seen from the Kings all year. So
2: yeah, adjust please to the small ball because you couldn't
3: do it for the last seven minutes of the last game. So I hope you're able to now.
2: Yeah, and, and just so you know, Jesse, that would have made them a game, a half game ahead of Phoenix right now and with a season series victory already at 3-0. Yeah,
3: these games matter. Who knew? Who knew? Hey,
2: let's get to your, uh, your first key. All
3: right, my first key. The stars have to play like stars in these games, okay? You're going up against a top-heavy team where it's going to be KD, it's going to be Booker, and it's going to be Bill. I need Sabonis. I need Fox, who hasn't really been doing it lately. I need Fox to step up. Malik, get in here, too. I need my stars to play like stars, all right? I'm not expecting Trey Lyles to come off the bench and give me 15, and boom, oh, that's what got us the win or whatever. I need Fox. I need Fox, Sabonis, Monk, and throw in Keegan or whoever else wants to be that third guy if it's not Monk. I need my stars to be stars today.
2: That's a really good point, man, and when the Kings... When Fox, Sabonis, and one other guy play extremely well, they're tough to beat. And then if you get that 15 with Trey Lyles off the bench, you're even that more difficult to beat. So, yeah, I think that this is a a team that the Kings kind of have had their number that they match up well with for some reason, and the only time you didn't is when they went small, and I expect them to go small, and and hopefully the Stars can star for the Kings and not for the Suns.
3: So your third key or your second key right here? My second key.
2: Uh, with, uh, let's see, where are we, uh, which team shows up, uh, the team that beat the nuggets or the team that lost to the Pistons and thunder, because those are two totally different teams. Like if you don't have energy and effort coming from your starting group, you're going to lose. And this is going to be an ugly entry into the all-star break. And so which team shows up is a big deal for me. And we shouldn't be asking this question Fifty-three games into the season.
3: You know what? I'll just play off of that key. My second key right here. We got start the game. Um, start the game off strong and set the flow for the rest of it. Don't come in here where you're playing sluggish or whatever. And we got to come back because you gave up forty points in the first quarter. You need to start the game off well and you need to dictate how it goes down. We need to see what. I think another thing too is like you said, we'll see which king team we get with based off of how they start. So they start off fine. I think. I think it'll be. I think it'll be a good
2: one. There we go. And and I think you know the one thing about this team is they they're going to let you. They're going to let you back in. They're not a spectacular defensive team. They're going to let you back in. And as long as you're playing hard, like what you're saying, like off the jump, you got a really big shot. The problem that you have with starting strong is they already beat you when you were up 22 in the fourth. So not only do you got to start strong, but Defending you got to again. make sure you got to end it. You you got to have, and that's something that I don't think the Kings have had this season. Uh, let's get to my third key. Defend the three. The Suns don't shoot a lot of three balls, but they hit 37.9, which ranks fifth in the NBA. The Kings are the worst defensive three point, uh, the worst defense against three pointers in the history of the world. I don't know if it's the history of the world, but it feels like it. Uh, this season, Jesse, I, I can't even imagine giving up uh, 39.8% from three on the season. They're 30th in the NBA. They're last now. They were 29th. Now they're not anymore. Teams are shooting. Teams are elite shooting the three against the Kings. And that means everybody. Yes. Everybody. Everybody. Like you had teams like Charlotte come in. Oh, they don't really shoot the three. Or they're the worst three-point shooting team in the league. Them, Orlando. Yeah, they set their uh, their career franchise marks against you.
3: These teams are going into it. Fellas, it's not our game, but hey, why not? It's the Kings. Take them if you can. Make it rain! What do you got for your third key, Jesse? My third key... I'm gonna play off of that one defense a little bit. Keegan Murray, I wanna see I need to see him um step up in these defensive matchups, whether it's against KD, Booker, Bill. It's gonna be a close game, I think, and it's gonna come down to some late um late minute matchups. I need Keegan to get some stops um when it comes down to it.
2: That's a great key. Keegan Murray is right now one of the best on ball defenders in the NBA. He's he's grown in that area so incredibly much. And he's gonna have a tough call no matter who it is he's defending, but he's gotta he's gotta figure it out. He's gotta guard somebody. All right. There uh there is your keys to the game. We're the insiders. We'll be back in a few minutes.
0: Now back to the insiders. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320.
2: Welcome back into the final segment of the Insiders. We of course will give way to D. and Casey at noon. Make sure to tune in for that. We'll also have the handoff here in just a little while. So I'm going to guess Damian Barling might join us here in a few minutes. Um, I'm James Ham, of course, and Jesse Tappy is joining me. Kyle Madsen is out today. Uh, he is under the weather.
3: I got to bring up something real quick, James. I saw in the chat. Allison brings it up. Vegas yeah. is about to have like a bunch of sports teams or whatever. They're gonna get the baseball team, probably. Probably gonna get a basketball team. And Sac just has the Kings. Like, we need more here. Sac, Sac is a city that can support more.
2: No, I totally agree. It's just not a destination city. Yeah, which is where I think Vegas gets. You know, like, that makes sense. I get Vegas getting
3: their team. I'm not saying Vegas shouldn't get their teams and stuff, but, like, throw, throw us something over here, too.
2: Yeah, and and I also, again, I think the NBA works in Vegas, Jesse. I don't like, you know, again, my concern with Vegas has always been, number one, the gambling aspect. Number two, you know, we always talk about <clears throat> the South Beach flu, right? Oh, yeah. Like, well, what are you going to call the Vegas flu? Like, the high desert flu? Like, I, I don't know, because you're going to have that in Vegas as well. Maybe the high roller headache. I, I guess the high roller headache. There you go. Oh, I'm trademarking that. Oh, you are trademarking that. Yes. Um, the, that's the, the problem that I have. And, you know, people say, well, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Look, the raid. No, it is a big deal. Look what happened to the Raiders. Like, realistically, you can say what you want that, like, everything went great. And, you know, they're thriving in Las Vegas. The reason why you always have to have to concern about Vegas is because of the Henry Rugg situation. That's why Vegas is tough place to put a uh, professional sports team, especially guys that live there now. And yeah, it's always going to it, be tough. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to make sure that, that guys are doing the right things and aren't getting in trouble. And, you know, again, I, I think NBA is a little different because you roll in you might have a night there the night before you might have a game and then be able to go out after, but it's all within the confines of the team atmosphere. And you're getting on a team plane and going somewhere else. Right. Where the NFL, you might spend like three days in the buildup to a game in a city. And that's where I think you can get into some trouble. Yeah. Um, and, and the end, like I, I have a strong take that, that, you know, of course the, uh, in my opinion, the major league baseball won't work in vegas not it, not the way they want it to work you it's know, also forced and rushed it's not like it's just it's it's all just a joke no it is it's it's bad right and they're going to build a 27 uh 2700 uh a 27 thousand seat venue for it well first of all you're not getting anything else right so like i, I don't know have you ever seen a concert at the oakland coliseum I've not. Okay, but they have them all the time, right? And especially in the Bay Area, they've always, they've, like, I saw Pink Floyd at the Oakland Coliseum years ago, right? And there have been tons and tons of things. Well, you're not getting that in Vegas because they, Disney on Ice isn't coming to your, your. It's not coming to the A stadium in Vegas. Yeah. Like, you're not getting an open air. There's, there's all of these venues that already do that in Vegas. Like, they just built the sphere that, that, you know, concerts will go to. They have all of these venues already in place. You're not getting that there. So I don't know what, how you think you're going to make your money, but also 182 games, it's very different. I mean, 162 games, I'm sorry, and 81 home games. It's much different than an NBA season. So while an NBA season's 82 games, you don't have series against teams. So that's where like I don't see fans coming in – or, like, like, being in Vegas and going, oh, let's go catch a three-game set against, you know, even if it's the Yankees. I don't think you're going to have a lot of people doing it. But if it's the Reds, if it's, you know, the Marlins, like, who cares? Yeah, no one's coming to that. No one's coming to that. And so how are you going to, like, support that business? Because Vegas has so many other things to do. No one wants to go give two and a half, three hours of their day— while they're in Vegas having a great time to go to a baseball game, it's just not the Vegas world. I don't know. So. I guess they got
3: all the answers, though.
2: I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah, there is no local broadcast for the Sacramento Kings game tonight. It is on TNT. Uh, so it is a nationally televised game. It's a big
3: time. I, I love national TV when the Kings are on just because it's like it didn't happen before that much or whatever. Now it's just kind of like, all right, let's put the spotlight on these guys.
2: I, I love that, too. I just hope that they live up to it. You know, because that's kind of like going into your keys. Like, don't start off slow. Yeah don't, 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 you yeah, don't start off slow. Don't be that team. Don't be the team that gets on on national telev- television and then kind of proves everybody else's point that, that doesn't watch you on a daily basis. Um, yeah. Uh, we've got the Kings. They're, they're heading into the All-Star break. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but they're 7-8 over the last 15. Um, I would be okay if they go 8-9 into the into the break. Um, I think going 7-10 and 10 into the break would be pretty disastrous uh, if they drop these next two games. But last season, they were 6-7 and seven in their final 13 heading into the break. And then they go on to finish 16-9 and nine in their final 25. This year, they're going to have a few more games afterwards. But where are you at kind of with this? What is your biggest concern heading into the break? And how do you feel like they can address that concern during the week off? My biggest concern is that they come out of the break.
3: Going into the break, my biggest concern is that they come out of the break looking like how they do now. They're the same team. Mm. I don't think there's anything Mike Brown can do to fix this team. Monique McNair had his time or whatever, and we'll wait for the offseason for that. It's up to these players now at this point. What needs to happen over the break is Fox needs to rest, I guess. If Fox needs to do whatever Fox needs to get out of this little funk that he's been in. Whether it be rest, spending family time going to Disneyland, I don't know. Do what you need to do to snap out of it like guys like Kevin Herter, like there's been so much um, uncertainty with you going into the season Like Kevin Herter, like going into the season when we weren't even sure if he's going to start, then Duarte gets hurt. Heard your name and trade rumors and all that. Now that's all done and over with. Now it's kind of like a refresh. It's up to these players during that Austin break to get themselves going for the second part of the season, I think. My I biggest would,
2: concern is that they don't. I would agree. That would be probably like the mental aspect of this. I just think that for whatever reason, and 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 I'm not going to make an excuse here. I mean, you're a professional basketball player. Like this is your job. Like you need to figure it out. But you know, you're you're saying, you know, with De'Aaron Fox, you know, he's he's having a little bit of a downturn. It's not a little bit of a downturn. It's over. Well, you said
3: so it's twenty games worth, right?
2: Yeah. So since January, the you know since we turned the new, the calendar year. He's averaging 22.1 points per game, 4.6 assists, but he's shooting 33% from three. He's shooting 43.9% from the field.
3: Yeah, that's tough right there. That's the one that's kind of tough.
2: Yeah, because he's a guy who usually shoots around 48%. Like he's he's a much better shooter than that. Um, Not even just a three-point shot, but, you know, last season he shot 51.2% from the field. Like right now he's at 46.5. That's a huge dip. Like dropping five percentage points on your field goal percentage is substantial, especially when you raise your three point percentage by five percent. So that to me, it's it's really odd that we're kind of seeing it, it, this. change. It's,
3: yes, yeah, it's, it's funny because like not funny, but it's just kind of odd how that the, the drop off has been so extreme to how he was playing early on and stuff to now like where he's at now. Yeah, it's completely opposite.
2: Yeah, it's it's very it's very strange. So I'm hoping that that Fox gets right during the All-Star break. I hope that he has, you know, like whatever he needs, whatever he needs to like get away from the game for a bit, take a deep breath and sort of reset himself. I think it's a big deal because I don't think that this team makes the push in the second half if he doesn't.
3: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, like right now the team is not, it's not, I'm not saying like the team, like rostering, they're bad or good or whatever, but like the way they're playing, it's just not good right now. It's not good enough. There needs to be, I don't want to say a step taken, but, like, they need to snap out of this. Yeah. Otherwise, the rest of the season is just not going to be good.
2: Yeah, because at that point, it doesn't really matter, like, what the teams around you do. It doesn't matter what Phoenix does. It doesn't matter what Dallas does. It doesn't matter what the Pelicans do. If you don't find yourself, you're not going to be there. You're not—I mean, like, I don't think you're going to fall out of the plan completely. Like, to for this team to plummet and be the 11th seed, I don't think that's going to happen. But the play in itself is is extremely difficult. Yeah. Fact of the matter
3: is, I don't want any parts of a playing game with the Warriors or LeBron James, a one off game where it's like we have to win this one game.
2: Yeah, with the officials,
3: you know. Yeah, because yeah, we don't we, you you don't
2: want any part of that at all. You know, I, I'm gonna. This is like totally off off. Let's get into it, James. It's bizarre. Did you notice the extra officials in the in the game, uh, in the Super Bowl? No, I didn't. You didn't notice that there was like. Officials running out with like kind of pads that were breaking up little skirmishes.
3: Oh, I did notice one of them. Um, it was with Legarius um, Snead, I think, when him and IU got into it. He slaps IU, and this guy runs on the field like they're about to get it. it. Was like, "What are
2: you doing?" I know. Yeah, I noticed one of them. Okay, so there were like two or three of these guys. Yeah, I was like, what, "What's going on?" These guys are running on the field trying to break it up. There's also an official with each coach, like running up and down with each coach, like like sitting there. Anytime they called a timeout, there's an official right there. Like there were a lot of extra officials on the field.
3: Yeah, because I'm pointing to the Ayuk one where um, the Chiefs player hits him in the helmet or whatever, and the guy runs out. So it's like relax, pal. It's fine. It's just like let the ref throw the flag or whatever. I, I didn't. I didn't even realize. Like I saw that. Like well, I noticed it, but I didn't realize what it was until you brought it up right now.
2: Yeah, maybe the NBA needs more officials, huh? That's what I'm thinking. Maybe there does need to be more officials. Do something because we hear every week whether it's from the
3: Timberwolves or who. Oh, well, Whoever. Like the, the refs stunk today. And we hear my favorite part now, the complaint about the refs. Give me the fine, I don't care. They stunk. Yeah. Like, they're just so fed up with it at this point. Well, and you saw what happened with the was it the Knicks game last night. I didn't see exactly what it was, but I saw the refs missed another call or whatever. I saw Tom Thibodeau was walking off the court. His team was just like, yeah, we got screwed again.
2: Yeah, so they called a last-second foul, I believe. And then they went back and reviewed it and said that the contact came after the ball was released, and so it didn't have any part of the actual play, which I, I don't think I agree with. You foul somebody, you foul somebody. So like Seems it, simple it, enough, huh? It always feels like they make up some rules at certain points. Uh, I feel like that part does. Uh,
3: I don't want to say they make it up, but I, uh, I don't know. I think there's something to that theory.
2: We had a very strict rule that you're not allowed to grab the rim if you're a defensive player or it's offensive goaltend. And then this year, Draymond Green grabs a rim and they don't call it a goaltend. They call it, uh, they said it didn't have anything to do with the ball going through the rim. And it's like, wait, 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 yeah, wait. Yeah, okay, that's not what you used to tell us back then. That's that's not the way the rule's ever been called. So. so anyway, I don't know what's going on, but there were new officials on the field for the Super Bowl that I had never seen before. Anytime that there was a little bit of a player skirmish... A dude with like a pad would run in and like get in the middle and like, hey, nope, nope, nope. That's hilarious that they're padding him up too. Dude's running in shoulder pads or
3: whatever. Hey guys, get out of the way or whatever. This little guy or whatever. He's got shoulder pads. Like that's gonna do anything? No, no, it wasn't
2: shoulder pads. Oh. It was like he had like a pad with him. Oh, a pad. Like a like a like a like a squishy like pillow. I got you. So like that's like, even funnier. The whole thing was weird. I was yeah. like, who are these dudes? We've never seen these guys before. But why haven't you done that before? Why, you know, like, what, is there a budget? Like, an official's budget know. that we we can't, uh, we can't afford to have those? Come on, man, you're the NFL. Mark Davis paid for extra officials, but not a cart. Okay.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> this goes back to the cart. It does. It always
3: comes back to the cart, James. I
2: bet you at the end of the day, all of those extra officials got in that little cart and drove off. I don't even know if they're real. Maybe they weren't even real officials. Maybe they're just fans that, that wore official outfits. And ran out there and like, hey, oh, we got knows? this. It's, it's we're going to break up this fight.
3: Maybe we get those extra officials that like for, like, for that playing game. We we're talking about the Lakers and the <laughs> Warriors and
2: Kings. <laughs> they just went around Vegas and found all the best bouncers. Yeah. They had like a best bouncer competition. Like, hey, there's a fight I need you to break it up now. Like, okay, you see a fight about to start. I need you to step in. You're a bouncer. You know what we're talking about. That's hilarious. <laughs> um So... We figured out our our both of our biggest concern is that coming out of the break, like just straight up, De'Aaron Fox needs to look like De'Aaron Fox, right? Exactly. And if that happens, I think the Kings will be just fine. Like I don't want to put it on one player, but when you are a team's best player and you're their biggest, most dynamic scorer and everything else, and then you have like a a downturn in your season – that's a problem. Well, you
3: get more breathing room, too, when your star's playing well because that takes a lot of the pressure off the other guys because when your star's not playing well, okay, I need a little something more from Trey Latt. Like, I need the other guys to pick up the slack. Like, yeah. when if Fox is playing well, it's like, okay, then, like, we're, we're good. We're good. We'll be fine or whatever if we don't get whatever from Lyle's or whoever. We'll be okay because Fox is carrying us right now. Or yeah. the other way, you have no breathing room at all.
2: Well, and I would also point out, too, that um, early in the season, we had a couple injuries with this team, right? Uh, Trey Lyles missed, I think, the first 13 games of the season. Yeah, Kevin Herter, I feel, feel like he was in and out. Yeah, no. Uh, has Kevin Herter missed games? De'Aaron Fox did miss, I, I think he's miss, missed six games in the first half. But uh, five of them came on that one stretch early in the year. Uh, we had we had Alex Lynn miss a big grouping of games. Um, but as of right now, what the Kings have played 52 games, right? And of their starters, we got Sabonis at 52, we got Fox at 46, we've got Uh, Keegan Murray at 48, we've got Harrison Barnes at 52, Malik Monk at 51, Kevin Herter at 50. So again, your top six players have missed a combined two, three, seven, 13 games. That's it. And then when we go to the next level of players, sure. Uh, some of these players have missed games because of injury, which is Trey Lyle's missed is it, at 38 games. Davion Mitchell's been in and out of the rotation at 42 games. Duarte's in and out of the rotation, and now he's injured at 36. Sasha, 35 games. So my point is, though, there is no real injury excuse for why your second half, your first half is the way it is. Mm. Like last year, you were super healthy, and you know that's what everyone said. Oh, well, the Kings are r- really, really healthy. And I kept saying, yeah, they're really healthy because they have t- players that are typically healthy. Now you walk into this season, and the one guy who was like unhealthy throughout his career that you brought in, Chris Duarte, sure he's missed some games, but not a lot uh, due to injury. He's missed other games because he's just not in the rotation. But it-, it feels like the Kings are kind of running out of like out. Yeah, there's
3: no there's no oh, injuries plagued us early on the season. We're still trying to recover. Like everything, like as far as that they. It- you can play through that as an NBA team. That's just something everyone else goes to with guys missing games here and there. So yeah, that's something you can put to um um point to that for the um the bad bad first half of the season, first yeah.
2: part. Oh, Damien, are you going to join us? Sure. Looks
4: like Damien Barling. Damian. Be happy to join you. Damien Barling, everybody. what's up, man?
2: Damien Barling. Yeah, we uh we were just discussing. Um, first of all, we had our discussion yesterday about the miniature cart that they brought out to go get Dre Greenlaw. Did you at the Super Bowl?
4: I saw the cart. I don't think I recognized it was a miniature one. It was well, they just put them like, in a
2: tiny car, and put them in the front seat, too. They, oh, jeez. Yeah, it was like a super small cart. And we were like, why didn't they? The Raiders should have had like the giant helmet cart with their oh. own.
4: Oh, that would have been tremendous. Wouldn't it? Like, that would have oh, been it tremendous.
2: It's like they, they roll out with this big giant cart, but no, they miss a boat. And then the other thing we- and
4: Then you I, could have said, oh, they are in the Super Bowl. That would have been good.
2: Exactly. Been good. They, made it. They, they made, it. made it. they made it. We, we did made it, it, Mom. We made it. They did it. Okay, so the other thing I was bringing up with Jesse, did you notice in the Super Bowl that they had extra officials?
4: I didn't notice that either. You did you you didn't notice running out to break up fights? So I did notice. I thought that was. I didn't know what that See? was. <laughs> I just thought like I I saw. I I thought that was like a team official. No, I, I, that, I didn't. I didn't realize that was an actual there, NFL official.
2: There was one on each side. Okay, and then there was also the one that I
4: definitely noticed those guys. I don't think I computed. They exactly had like a small pad with them.
3: Each team had their own big dom, basically.
2: Yeah, nope. they, they nope. yeah exactly. Oh,
4: so Everybody needs a big dom, I guess. All right. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know where I go from there. Yeah, I, I don't know.
2: It's, <laughs> it's good stuff. It's good stuff. It's good so stuff. I was thinking that after the game, all of those extra officials climbed in that little cart and drove away. <laughs>
4: that's amazing.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I, I just like the whole time I'm like, that is the smallest cart I've ever seen someone... Like,
4: go, yeah, I don't save think I, I saw the cart come out and then they went to commercial and I just didn't think anything of the cart.
2: But then they come back and they're trying to Austin power it down the hallway. No. And you're like, what are they doing? Like, the, the, he's going to get stuck.
4: Yeah. Anyway,
2: anyway, um, is there something in the second half of the season that you need to see from the Kings? If there is <laughs> one thing you want to see get right.
4: Consistency. Well, okay. I want to see them be consistent. Like this is, they're. I think they're a good basketball team, but inconsistency makes you a bad basketball team, right? Or it makes you a five, an average bat. Yeah, it yeah. makes you an average basketball team. And I and and I think like I've 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 held off, you know, any like over the top feelings about this team, long term proclamations about this team, long term meaning the rest of the season. Because this was the time last year where everyone said, "Hey, everyone's going to be so much better." You've got to be. You, you're. You guys aren't going to be able to keep up. And I think they were 16 and six before the final week of the season. So, mm-hmm. you're, you're probably going to have to show us something like that again. Because you know, 16 and six solidified and locked in your spot at the, at the three seed. You need a record like that, probably to be competitive with the way Dallas is playing right now, with the way that Phoenix is playing, with the way that uh, the Golden State Warriors are playing, you're you're going to have to play better than your win percentages right now the rest of the the rest of the season
2: no, i I agree completely. and And I also look at this game tonight, the game tomorrow night. These are really big games because even if you go, let's say you go six, if you drop these two games, and you go 16 and six, mm-hmm. you finish with like 46 wins. Mm-hmm. Like you don't even push for 50. And I, I thought that this team would easily push for 50 this year, but the inconsistency has killed them all season long. And the only way you're possibly going to get to 50 is if you pick up one win but here. year.
4: But if 46 wins gets you to the sixth spot, I don't care.
2: No, I, I get that. I get that, and,
4: and I understand your point. Like, like it's 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 less, and you're you're going to have to prop fight through to the end of the season to get to that number, right? You can't. You, you're not going to be able to take the last three games of the season off like you did last year. But if 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 they get to forty six wins and that gets them the six spot, that's all that matters, uh, because sixteen and six that means you've beaten Dallas along the way. That means you've beaten Phoenix and all of these teams that are really really hot right now. You've beaten them along the way and improved your positioning.
3: James asked me this earlier, and like my brain blew up. What's your confidence level that they do like turn up, or not even turn up, just become consistent or better, whatever it is? Like that we see something different from this team?
4: I, I don't have one. Like none. Like I, I don't like because I mean, what do I have to base? I have last year to base that on. I don't have what we've seen this year. What we've seen this year is Denver, and then Oklahoma City and you throw in Detroit like that's what we've seen Yeah. and so it's 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 the ups and the downs and with a handful of teams playing really really good basketball the the fact that the you know the kings are what eight, eight games above 500 seven games eight games above 500 i think they're eight right now okay right? so so eight games above 500 like that the, the the fact that these other teams are playing at such a, a strong clip right now that's not going to that that that's going to be a tough position for the Kings. That'll be a really nice solid 7th or 8th spot, depending on how hot the Warriors wind up being. Because the team that I don't think is getting hot is the Lakers. Mm. The Lakers are just kind of there. The Pelicans I can't make heads or tails of. They're the greatest team that's ever existed when they play Sacramento, and then they're just fine when they play the rest of the league.
3: The Lakers will be that team you don't want to see in the play-in for that last spot. I don't want to Probably play LeBron James in a one-off if, game.
4: I'd, I'd rather play the Lakers than the Warriors. Maybe. I ain't Best dealing player. with that headache again. Well, yeah,
3: cuz you know anytime it's Warriors and Kings, it's going down to the wire no matter who's playing. Yeah, it. I
4: don't want to see Steph.
2: Yeah, I, absolutely I, not. I think it really does speak volumes that, you know, again, they're they're right they're stuck with these four teams and the Pelicans mm-hmm. are 0 and 4. The the Suns are 2 and 1 against and Dallas they're 2 and 0 against. Mm-hmm. It's just like you have no idea which team is going to show up mm-hmm. and and what matchup is going to be something you can't get past. And, and until they figure that out, you know, I don't know that we're we're going to see this team really take strides to move forward. I I, I agree. It feels like this yeah, team is on
3: hold until the off season. It does yeah, now. Yeah. I didn't feel
4: that before, but yeah. I hope that's not the case.
3: Because me, I'm like, I hope. I hope. I, yeah, I feel like I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to learn from this team. The second part of this season, I feel like it's just kind of we know what we know already.
4: I hope that my original thought on them earlier this year was right, and they were they thought they were entitled, mm. and now being in the seventh spot, staring at the eighth spot with a bad night tonight or a bad night tomorrow, hey, you know, we actually aren't entitled to the sixth spot or a top six spot. We need to figure out a way to get more consistent. We need to figure out a way to, to fight through games when we're not shooting well. We need to figure out a way to get points on the board if the three's not falling at an amazing clip. Those are things that I think they need to figure out over the course of the final stretch of the season.
2: I agree. All right, well, Jesse and I are going to step aside. We're going to let D'Lo and Casey take take over the room. Uh, thanks for tuning in to The Insiders here on ESPN 1320 brought to you by Jeffy Lube. We'll be back tomorrow. Maybe Kyle Madsen will join us. We'll see, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Uh, but thanks for tuning in. Uh, Let's we'll see what D'Lo and Casey have coming up next.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,